Hello and welcome to the Florida Peanut Podcast. In this episode, we have Laura Fowler-Goss, the Executive Director of the Florida Peanut Federation, joining us. Laura, how are you doing today? Hey, it's a good day here in McAlpin. How is it over in Lake City? It's a great day in Lake City. It's always a great day in Lake City. This area is full of great people. Uh, and it is a great place. So uh, that being said, I know McAlpin is too. Uh, lots of sunshine in North Central Florida today. And uh, we are launching into some peanut headlines. Are you ready? Ready, ready. The, they're varied, I'll tell you. They're varied, um, but all quite interesting in their own right. Yeah, all super interesting. And I'm excited to talk about them. So let's go ahead and get launched into the first one. This first one says uh, peanuts are more efficient, more water efficient than ever. Laura, what is that about? Water, three gallons of water um, for an ounce of shelled peanuts. So an ounce is, is about one serving, and that's how much the American Heart Association says you need for one day to uh, maintain your heart health and regulate your blood sugar. And it takes three gallons of water um, to grow them, produce them, shell them, roast them, the whole nine yards. What does that mean though, right? No, we, what, we don't know what that means. So as a point of reference, almonds are right at 30 gallons for that same one ounce handful. Pistachios, 24, walnuts, 27 gallons. These guys, they're huge industries and they have tremendous marketing budgets. Um, and somehow we just haven't quite kept up um, on the national scale to say, hey, peanuts over here. We are really rocking it with water conservation and water efficiency. And that's something that I think we need to scream from the rooftops. Um, We are producing today, today's peanut farmers are growing 50% more peanuts with fewer crops, including irrigation. Just 10 years ago, um, we were grown, right? 10 years ago, um, I think of what I've done in the past 10 years compared to what the peanut industry has done in 10 years. And it's pretty significant. They're growing another half a crop with the same amount of irrigation and fertilizer and pesticides and inputs. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. And it's because of the the research um, that we've done that the peanut farmers have funded. And also they're taking the results of that research and putting them to work. A guy told me one time we were out at a field day and I said, man, this drone technology is weird. This irrigation technology is getting crazy. I said, do you, do you wait to see it tested long-term before you put it in use at your farm? And he said, if it's going to save me money or make me money, I do it right away. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. But at least I know for myself. And that resonated with me. I always think of that. Um, National Peanut Board has put in nearly $40 million to research specifically water efficiency and technology, and we're seeing the fruits of that. So I think that's something that's going to continue to benefit the farmers. And that's just some, it's something to be proud of and something really to promote um, less supplemental fertilizer. We all know that growing peanuts adds nitrogen to the soil and helps the next crop on rotation there. Um, and if you get an opportunity to tell somebody that it only takes a little bit of water to grow their um, snack peanuts in the afternoon, peanuts are a zero waste crop. It's important. Let's go ahead and uh, share that word. That's awesome. Yeah. So from what you just said, it sounds like peanuts use one tenth of the amount per ounce of water that those tree nuts do, right? Is Isn't that, is that, that clear? Some perspective. Isn't that some perspective? 
So when folks are looking in the grocery store and comparing peanuts to almonds or, or however they do that, they should, that's something that's very important to know. Very important. I also read one time that a handful of almonds is equal to a half a Xanax. <laughs> if peanuts can get on that level um but here in florida you know our water systems are so important um yeah. and you know with the, the way the weather goes peanuts are so hardy that we can produce a crop even on non-irrigated fields um and i, I just think that's something really important um and that, that they're good for you right and peanuts are the only not commercially produced in the state of Florida. So all those others that we were talking about that use 30 gallons of water to produce an ounce of those nuts, none of those even grow here. So mm -hmm. that's one of the focuses is if we want to support local and we're trending that way and we say that we want to um, contribute to our economy and not somebody else's, well, peanuts are the way to go all the way around. That's right. And, and that's a good transition to our next headline, Laura. Uh, talking about the economy. So there's a lot of talk over peanuts and cotton in the ag forecast. What are they saying? Yeah, so um, we know that economic growth is slow. We know that everybody's upset about inflation, supply chain disruptions. I'll tell you, when I order something off that internet, it takes it far longer than it's it forever. used Takes forever. <laughs> Oh my goodness, the increased cost of inputs, everybody is really upset about those and we're coming into springtime where they, they're necessary um, and we're just really struggling to find that balance between how much do we have to have, where can we cut um, and not affect the yield. Um, the US dollar is supposed to be appreciating, so uh, that's good news. Amanda Smith, she's an economist and regarding the peanut market, she said the 21 crop, has great quality. Food use is strong. Exports are expected to go down. Um, acres are expected to go up. I hear that there's going to be more peanut acres relative to the past few years as compared to crop acres. So we'll see how that shakes out. All right. Well, that's uh, super interesting. And, and honestly, it's a, a really good segue into our next one because you talked about the best peanut crop ever. So our next headline is the best quality peanut crop many have ever seen. And it leads in with the U.S. peanut industry is seeing record per capita consumption this year. Talk to us about it, Laura. What are people, why are people eating so many peanuts? Well, uh, because I've been doing a good job. That's why I know it That's is right. because That's our right. promotion team here at Florida Peanut Federation right. is on the ball. Uh, but really, when you think of, of March 17th, 2020, that's when I had to shut my business down and go home, right? That's when it really hit us here. Um, you wanted to feel good. You wanted to be lazy. You were concerned about the future of the world. Um, and what better way to, to combat all of those things than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Super yeah. Self-stable, um, comforting, easy to fix while binge watching. <laughs> Just, just really all around. And I find it fascinating um, that people clearly across the country really took all those things together and bought more peanut butter than ever. 25% um, more peanut butter uh, was sold during the pandemic than ever before. What a, what a crazy jump. How incredible is that? That's super incredible. Yeah, so, so our 21 crop, 
um, produced a 3 million ton harvest. Um, great news. The yields are up about 300 pounds per acre. Just a con contribution um, based on the fabulous job that peanut growers are doing um, across our area and across the country. So about this consumption, a while back, the National Peanut Board set a goal to get people, um, they were eating six, six and a half pounds of peanut products a year, and the goal was nine. Nice goal, it seemed lofty, but we're almost there. We are almost there. Um, last year, the record was set, 7.6 pounds per capita peanut consumption. And now we are coming on to 7.9, and, and that's right there at that eight um, goal we have practically reached, and the nine is not far beyond it. Um, peanut butter is found in 94% of homes. Do you have any, Noah? You have peanut oh, butter? Oh, I have a ton. In fact, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I have at least six jars sitting in my pantry currently so the peanut consumption going up might mean that uh folks are are buying and storing peanut butter like i am but i also bring that average consumption per house or per human up quite a bit because i'll roll through those six jars of peanut butter in probably the next two months at well, least thank you for that thank you for that um it's estimated that 94% of American households have at least one jar of peanut butter. It, here's something interesting, and it's true at my house. Um, maybe maybe poll your office or your friends group. Um, put it out there on social media. It'd be interesting because the research shows, the research that I don't have a source for, um, the research shows that men and children prefer crunchy peanut butter, while yeah. women prefer creamy peanut butter. What do you think? I think it's situational based. So it depends on what I'm eating. If I'm putting peanut butter on bread, I don't want to crunch it. Uh, however, well, if I'm eating peanut butter and maybe some granola and honey, crunchy's okay. I do it both. I, and I enjoy right. both. Yeah. Well, at my house, we have to stock both um, because Matt likes crunchy and I like creamy and that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um, back to this crop though. Um, the 21 crop was really, really good um we are seeing fewer pest problems fewer inputs needed compared to years past this weather always throws us for a loop um but but one man here in McAlpin um he said Laura every time I think I've seen it all something new comes and I said well that's why you guys are so tenacious to stick with it like that pretty incredible um discipline there to to not give up Sure. So and I it sounds like is is going to be a good year. You know, in the coming weeks, folks here in the North Central Florida area will start planting peanuts. And I really think it's going to be a good year for all involved. Um, I think we will see this consumption level uh, really remain the same. Um, so affordable, so nutritious, kid friendly, senior friendly, um, hard to come by something better that just checks all those boxes. That's right. And, and to go back to uh, to what you've heard from the two farmers that you've mentioned today, it sounds like people in the industry are very fluid and willing to try new things that are innovative and will produce great crops, um, which, which is a real testament to the industry. Uh, we have another macro headline, uh, which speaks to some international news. 
and that labs are approved for testing peanuts in the European Union. Laura, tell us what they're testing for and what that means for producers here. Well, we're we're eager to see how this moves forward. So folks over in Europe don't eat much peanut butter. Um, we are working on that on a national scale for promotion and marketing. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, it's cold. It's rainy. Why? <laughs> Certainly they want a sandwich or or some some Thai peanut soup or something like that um, to help them get through it over there. Um, but their aflatoxin requirements are so much more stringent than in other countries. So because we have these 11 labs approved now, we have a, a better opportunity to get peanuts into the EU. And, and what a great potential market because it is so low at the moment. What a great place to, to grow more peanuts specifically to export to the European Union. And that's something that we're looking forward to and something that strides are being taken um, now that we have these these labs that can attest that the specifications are met, the requirements are met. Um, and I see this as a, a great step in the right direction for the good laboratories to share their quality assurance and control practices um, in order to meet those international standards so that our farmers aren't left behind in something that could potentially you know, pay many, many dividends long into the future. And help plenty of uh, European consumers get to know the joys of a PB&J on a cold, right. rainy afternoon. That's right. right. All right. Leading into our next headline, the peanut industry launches an initiative to tell their sustainability story. Laura, what are their initiatives? And we've already talked about some of that sustainability story, but what else are they telling? I'll, I'll tell you, uh, my friend Anita with the American Peanut Council. Her daughter is getting married next month and, and we're so proud of her, but a special um, additional addition to the American Peanut Council family is a fellow named Eric Cornell. He is the new sustainability director and it's about time. And I'm thankful that we finally have an opportunity to push this story out here. So peanut farming has, has remained relatively unchanged for years and years and years. There's been improvements. There's certainly been a lot of good things that have come on in recent years. But basically, peanut farming is is very much the same. It's been out of the limelight. It's not been trendy. No, no children in elementary school say, I want to grow up and be a peanut farmer. Um, we, we did a thing with some elementary school kids the other day, and they all wanted to be veterinarians, included, including my own little seven-year-old. They all want to be veterinarians because it's a way to help the world. It's something um, that's warm and fuzzy. And maybe peanut farming won't get to that level. But the more that we can advertise the sustainability story, the environmental benefits of peanut farming, the health that is going into the world via peanuts, I just think that's really important. I can't wait to meet Eric. I'm really looking forward to that. He has been a senior research analysis with Field to Market 
the Alliance for Sustainable Agriculture. The data's too much for me, but what's not too much is the marketing aspect and the telling the story. People need to know. More than ever, um, young people, it seems like, are interested in, in where their food comes from because there was a whole gap there between family farms morphed right into grocery store shopping, morphed right into ordering things from your cell phone online. Um, and now, and I attribute part of this to coronavirus, now people are taking a step back and, and having a little more compassion, I think. They're interested in climate, they're interested in water, they're interested in soil conservation, they're interested in, in the most bang for your buck in the savings um, of the things related to the natural world. And I think it's just really important that we get the message out there that peanut farming does that. We haven't said that. We haven't said that very loudly at all. Um, peanut farming is incredibly healthy um, for the environment in a world of, of like dramatic production agriculture by huge um, conglomerates. The average size of a peanut farm is 200 acres, and most are owned by families. That's a story worth telling. If the farmer has 200 acres that were his great-great-granddaddies, he's not trying to adulter that land. He's wanting to keep that for his great-great-grandchildren, and that's just not something that people know, and I think it's worth sharing the real wholesome base story of peanut farming and all the benefits that come along with it. Yeah, that also speaks to the type of businesses that are in the peanut industry. It sounds like a lot of smaller businesses, small, smaller family businesses across the U.S. and Southeast, which is a, a really important story to tell as well. Absolutely. All right. So our last headline of this episode is food trends for 2022. What will you crave? What I got out of this a little bit, Laura, was that uh, some people have lost their minds uh, over the last couple seasons of COVID. So what is this story telling us? I would say, including uh, my own book club, Coco Bombs, were the Christmas gift of choice. It seems wow. like every 35-year-old mama is making cocoa bombs and giving them to her friends as gifts. So at the top of the list is interactive food. I was brought up to not play with my food. Now that's- Never play with your food. Yeah, <laughs> never. <laughs> that's something that was always a no-no, right? Like you eat what's on your plate, you don't play with it. Um, but now- this, um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of there on the millennial cusp. Um, and the, those young people that are coming after us, I mean, they are just going nuts with everything. And, and evidently playing with your food is one of the new fun things to do. And, and I, you know, Coco dancing on TikTok, they're dancing on TikTok in public and they're playing with their food. Here's something even more bizarre that makes no sense. Um, drinks that are mocktails. Oh. These children that I've seen, they are into the cocktails, but evidently mocktails, um, which is not alcoholic, alcoholic beverages. They hmm. are coming into trend. Uh, speaking of beverages, um, we won't talk much about how sad we are that, that peanut milk didn't really make it in the line of nut milks. 
Um, and now there's oat milk and there's been rice milk and coconut milk for a long time. Um, but what do you think about a classic bag of yellow Lay's milk? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be consumed in my house. Potato milk is what's coming. Um, not many peanut items trending for 2021 food, but here's something that I think we need to be aware of is, um, you know, we have again with the same line with the milks as we have these different nut butters. Sunflower seeds are coming up. Sun butter, I think they're calling it, which is a peanut butter alternative. Now it's like 1% of the population is allergic to peanuts. But is this the case of the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Um, schools were, were very upset and have been for a couple of years that schools are turning down peanut butter. But it looks like sunflower seeds are going to be a pretty cost effective way to have some of these alternative things to peanut butter, um, looking at those to come into elementary schools more prominently. And, and that, that's not something we're pleased with. And we're going to work against that, of course. Um, but something to be aware of. Hard seltzers, everybody and their brother is drinking a White Claw. Every wedding I've been to in the last couple of years are these canned carbonated beers. Um, I think that's here to stay for a little bit. Um, a couple of other things that are trending, seaweed. Now, I've been a sushi lover from way back, but as far as those crispy seaweed snacks, not a fan. How about you? I don't mind them. I don't think that they're all that bad. You know, I'm a sushi fan too. Uh, and I'll try a lot of weird foods, but uh, I don't think I'll be trying the potato milk. That's for sure. <laughs> oh gosh, these seaweed snacks, it's, it's sustainable. It's plentiful. Uh, you can get a good salty, sweet, umami, unctuous flavor from it, but I, I'm just not sure if it's for me. Um, and then teas, fascinating that teas are catching on. I don't know if the coffee train has slowed down. Um, people are on these, these healthy teas. Um, I'm kind of a fan of Earl Grey myself, but, but what do you know about tea that's increasing in popularity? I don't know much about tea uh, myself. I'm a huge coffee drinker. I do know that I enjoy um, Thai tea whenever I'm eating Asian food. It's a little different. It's cold. They pour cream into it. It's uh, it's real nice. But as far as hot drinks, uh, if it's in the morning, I'm drinking coffee. If it's Absolutely. in the evening, I'm trying to drink maybe some Earl Grey or something uh, that doesn't have much caffeine in it. But yeah, that's where that's where I am with teas. Very limited. I want to wrap this up with something that I find the most interesting of all. So this study, um, the press release was on farmprogress.com. And these food trends come to us from the University of Oklahoma. The land of fabulous foods, maybe? <laughs> all right, well, Laura, that wraps up all of the uh, headlines that we had to go over uh, from, from the various sources that we pulled them from. Uh, it was a wonderful conversation going through where peanuts are in the news and the story that they're telling. It sounds a lot like it's telling a story of a good fluidity in the in the industry and innovation by our producers and sustainability overall, which is a really future forward message uh, and yeah. a good one to tell for for producers across the area and across the industry. Anything else you'd like to add? I just want to ask everybody to um, eat more, right? Eat more peanuts. We've been saying that eat for more. years and years, and it's 
still true and, and still something that we need to uh, be mindful of. Yeah, I agree. Uh, eat more peanuts. I eat a ton of peanut butter. So I'm definitely doing my part in going over that nine pound limit yes. per year for yes. sure. For sure. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again today. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this and that you found uh, this, this information interesting, if not educational. And uh, we hope to see you on the next one. So thank you, Laura, for joining us. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Bye now.